you guys, you, you guys are so kind. <laughs> I, uh, before I do my message, I had told them I want to take uh, and say a few things. And uh, it's exciting. It's hard to believe 36 years. I was such a young man back then. <laughs> but uh, uh, this church has been the base for a lot of other things. When uh, I first came here trying to decide where to establish a church, I knew that uh, it's like I wanted to reach the people downtown and so forth, but I knew we needed to move to the suburbs because that would financially help support all the other things. And so just to kind of give you a little idea, as of now, personally, our Capilan has started over 41 churches throughout Africa, Central America. Uh, three, three orphanages and four schools. Today, we're responsible, in a sense, for seven services. You see only one here, but there's uh, three other Hispanic services that will happen today. One here and two, two other places, a bilingual church and... Uh, uh, two other English-speaking churches, all because of what Capitaland has done. So that's pretty awesome, you know. Uh, we've given $1.2 million out to missions. Uh, that's, and I say we because that's, that's what you guys have done. We've had over 1,000 people saved, baptized over 400, you know, so there's some things... We've helped four other churches that are no longer part of what we do, but we helped them through a hard time, maybe providing a pastor for a period of time and so forth. But uh, we've had lots of good times, lots of trials. We also had a bookstore at one time. You know, I always keep track of finances. Here's the very first dollar that, <laughs> that we <laughs> And that'll go towards uh, getting rid of our debt that we have here. <laughs> no, uh, it should be by the end of, uh, should I say, I think November will be debt-free. You know, that's... So what I, what I leave, I'm actually not leaving, but what I stepping back, I wanted to make sure that uh, people weren't, uh, uh, the pastors were not responsible for $4 million dollars. So, so, uh, so it's kind of good. And it's all because of you guys. Uh, Sally's been with us 35 years. Can you believe that? And, uh, and so uh, I feel very, very blessed that, yes, I can still walk from running yesterday. Or did I really run, Daryl? I'm not quite sure. <laughs> but uh, anyway... Well, listen, let's uh, get started. I have a message, I believe, God. and excited for the opportunity uh, God has uh, given me. I have a statement that says this, courage is not the absence of fear, it's doing it in spite of fear. Courage is not the absence of fear, it's doing it in spite of fear. Another statement is, I'm afraid, but here I go. Do not lose sight of the shore in the storm. I like to take, as I've preached through the years, I like to take a story from the Word of God and then apply it to our everyday life and 
So I'm looking at a story in Acts chapter 27, and the Apostle Paul is on a ship, and they're going through a storm. In verse 17, uh, it says this, When the men had hoisted it aboard, they're going through a storm, they passed the ropes under the ship itself to hold it together, fearing that they would run aground in the sandbars of citrus. They lowered the sea anchor and let the ship be driven along. We took a, such a violent battering in, from the storm that the, new, that the next day they began to throw the cargo overboard. On the third day, can you imagine a storm for the third day? On the third day, they threw the ship's tackle overboard with their own hands. When neither sun nor stars appeared for many days and the storm continued raging, we finally gave up all hope of being saved. You ever been in that place? We have at times. And it goes on to say, After the men had gone a long time without food, Paul stood up before them and said, Men, you should have taken my advice not to sail from Crete. Then you would have spared yourselves this damage and loss. But now I urge you to keep up with your courage, because not one of you will be lost, only the ship will be destroyed. And then skipping down to verse 29, and we see now that the storm is going on for 14 days. And it says, fearing that they would be dashed against the rocks, they dropped four anchors. Remember the statement, four anchors. From the stern and prayed for daylight. In attempt to escape from the ship, the sailors let the lifeboats down into the sea, pretending they were going to lower some anchors from the bow. Then Paul said to the centurion and the soldiers, unless these men stay with the ship, you cannot be saved. And there's times in our lives, in our journey, in our storms, we want to bail, but sometimes we got to stay with the ship. Can you say amen to that? Hallelujah. So here we have Paul in a ship, which was really not of God because he had told them they shouldn't sail. So they're out of the will of God. But one of the keys to surviving in a storm is how anchored are you? How anchored are you in your life with Jesus Christ? See, we have to be anchored so rightly. That's why I'm speaking today about being anchored in life. Every one of us will go through a storm. I hate to tell you that, but you're going to at times. And most of you already have. And so what we see here in going through a storm, there is a true story. In March of uh, 27, 2009, three football players decided to go fishing in the Gulf of Mexico. And so as they were fishing there, they came and, and they had a tragic accident. And it says the storm came while they were fishing. And they saw that it was coming. They put their anchor down, but the boat capsized. And the headlines in the newspaper said this, that the two NFL players and their friend, that had, uh, they have concluded that the cause for the vessel that was capsized, the cause was that they had improperly anchored their boat. So the story ends as the Oakland Raiders linebacker Corey Smith and another young man from the University of South Florida, they, they uh, got lost and they died. 
The only survivor was one other football player that was able to hang on to something that he could float with for two days. And at the end, the story said, overall, it was a mistake in anchoring. And how many times in life do we need to know the importance of being anchored in Jesus Christ? Apparently, anchoring is a very important thing in our natural. It's vital. That's why the scripture says they put four anchors out. They would keep them from drifting too far so that they wouldn't hit the rocks and wouldn't dash against the, uh, the sand. See, in life, your, your life, your family, your marriage, the importance is that you're anchored in Jesus Christ. So when I think about this, I think of going through a storm, there's three things that, that Paul kind of said to the guys, this is what you have to do. And the first thing he said is, you need to brace up. Brace up the ship. When you see a storm coming, we need a little more reinforcement. And in that day, a sailor would, and it's as part of the story I read, a sailor would take a rope, jump overboard, swim under the ship, and bring the rope up to the other side and help to tie down all of the the stuff that they had on the ship. And they repeated it and repeated it a number of times to help reinforce so that the ship would not capsize and they would not lose all the things they were doing. And it's a powerful solution that we need to know. When we get into a powerful storm, we need to brace up our, 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 our mind with the do. Word of God. When a storm is... Thing coming and we see it coming is brace up with God's word because that's what will help you to walk through life and so when we look at it and I, I love this Jeremiah says this before I formed you in the womb I knew you before you were born I sanctified you I ordained you a prophet to the nations talking about Jeremiah and Jeremiah 29, 11 says, I know the plans, hallelujah, you have for me. Plans of peace, not evil, a future and a hope. Another translation says, you have a future filled with hope. So brace up your minds with God's word. Otherwise, fear will take over. Worry will take over. Depression will come. Discouragement will come. Disappointment will come. So your family, so you brace up your family. You brace up your marriage. You brace up your relationships with the Word of God. Maybe you're in a financial storm. The month is longer than your money. I've never had that. No, I have many a times. <laughs> brace up yourself. Brace up your finances with the Word. Malachi 3.10 says, God will open the windows of heaven and pour out a blessing. You will not have room enough to receive it. I want to encourage you, for those over the number of years that I've pastored, I can tell you, uh, just by talking with you, I don't even need to sense in the spirit when someone's going through a financial problem, a lot of times they say, you're not tithing. Uh, I, I like what Holly says. She always says, I don't know why people don't tithe. The Word of God says it, so just do it. <laughs> yeah. 
let me tell you, uh, uh, the word of God is so true. I encourage you to do that. It says that uh, you will not have enough room to receive it all. See, God is El Shaddai, not El Chipo. <laughs> That's my only Spanish I know. <laughs> See, God will supply all your needs. Brace up your mind with when the word of God. Storm, Number two is cheer up. That's not the time for a pity party. Cheer up. Cheer up. He must uh, be part of who you are. Hope needs to rule in your heart. Control your attitude. The joy of the Lord is my strength. It could be so much worse. You could be in the hospital. You could be dying. No matter how bad your storm is, it could be so much worse. The message of Christianity is victory. Not victim, not depression, not danger, not going through trials. The message of Christianity is victory. Hallelujah. This is the faith that overcomes the world. This is the faith that hell can't stop. This is the faith that demons can't stop you. It's because you have an anchor that is stronger than the lies that the enemy tries to tell you. So cheer up. Amen. Cheer up and be of good cheer in the middle of the storm. God is leading you from place to place in a perpetual victory. God's not leading you to defeat. God's not leading you to devastation. Let, that, let God drop that deep into your spirit. He is leading you to victory. Do not quit now. Under guard your life your call, your marriage, your business with the word of God. Cheer up and brace up for the glory of God. Amen. Amen. Boy, did I want to quit yesterday running. <laughs> Boy, did I want to quit. Daryl said, you can do it. You can do it. And I said, why did I sign up for this? <laughs> you can do it. The third thing is we they need to lighten, to lighten their load with their own hands, the Bible says. In life, in our journey of life, all of a sudden we start picking up things, don't we? And I believe that boat, if it stopped at one port and stopped at another port, they picked up more stuff. In life, we keep picking up things and we keep picking up things and then the storm comes. We need maybe to throw some of it off. Throw off some of those responsibilities. I remember when I was in upstate New York and, and planning a church out there and, and I, uh, we didn't have any money and, and one of the other ministers said, Steve, I have a way and it's a multi-marketing thing. He says, and you won't even have to worry about getting that $100 a week from the church. You'll be able to make it. And, and so we signed up and we're part of this and I, I called up one of our uh, the people in the church, and I wanted to discuss with him about ushering. And uh, I just said, hey, can I meet you this week? And, and uh, we set a date and a time, and, and so I was excited that, hey, we're going to get this guy to help uh, lead the ushers and so forth. He calls me back a little later, and he says, is, uh, is this about the church or that other thing? See, I had taken on other responsibilities, other things that was distracting me from what God had called me to.
It's so easy to, to pick up things in life that starts to distract you from the main purpose that God has called you and that Jesus has given us. When, when, when we start going through a storm with our own hands, we need to start throwing those extra things that are keeping us from getting the victory that God has. Maybe some of that baggage is complaining. Throw it off. Maybe it's depression. Throw it off. Maybe it's fear. Maybe it's past failures. Throw it off. Maybe it's unforgiveness or maybe it's bitterness. Throw it off. We need to unload. When going through a storm, we need to get down to the essentials, and that's Jesus Christ and the power of the Holy Spirit. Can you say amen to that? Hallelujah. Otherwise, that extra baggage will help sink that ship. Paul wrote, he said, lay aside every weight that could so easily beset you. And so easy in life. I'll share a little bit when going through a storm what, what the enemy tries to do. He'll come, come to me and he'll say, like in a voice, and he'll say, really, you know, Steve, you're really insufficient. You know, uh, you, you're just insufficient. You, you don't have enough education. You don't, you don't have enough talent. I agree with that. But anyway... <laughs> You don't have enough money. You, you, you know, all of a sudden he starts trying to say, and then I have to say, no, but God is enough. No, but God is enough. I have enough God that he will take me places that I've never dreamed of. That he will send me places that he wants me to go, and he will pay the bill. Can you say amen? Hallelujah. Insufficiency can, can uh, get you to a point where you don't want to do anything. Or then there's the voice I can't do that. of insecurity. You're going to lose insecurity. We need to throw it off the boat. Or there's the voice of insignificance. No one really needs you. Will you do that, please? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know who that is. Did someone call? Is that from God? Or <laughs> insignificant? You really no one needs you. You're not important. You're not in the right place. That's not what you're supposed to do. When we're going through the storm, God wants you to throw that stuff off. Be who I called you to be, God is saying. Be bold. Be confident. Be courageous. And stand there in faith, not in, uh, not in who you are, but stand in your anchor, and that's Jesus Christ, the rock of all ages. So can we say this Brace together? Up. Cheer, up. Cheer up. Lighten up. Lighten up. Amen. Throw it all off. <laughs> and we keep on going in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. That's what it's all about. When people are not anchored properly, it can cost you your life. In the story, Paul said, 
that they put down four anchors. And if you have your bulletins, you can follow along and fill in the blanks. The first anchor that they uh, will keep you afloat is the anchor of purpose. I'm here for a purpose. You're here for a purpose. My purpose is stronger than the storm. Purpose does not change in the storm. Purpose predates the conception of the storm. Jeremiah 1 says this, Before you were formed, I, I had a plan. Now, now this is kind of interesting. In studying that scripture, my purpose was planned without my input. Think about that. Your purpose was planned without your input. That's what God said. Amen. It's like, come on, God. <laughs> Don't I have anything to say? You know, God said, this is why we put, you were put on the earth. He didn't ask my opinion. He put something in you that you don't even know that is unstoppable. As long as you are doing what God has called and purposed you to do. I'm going to say it again. This is so powerful. You don't even know that it's unstoppable as long as you're doing what God has called and purposed you to do. In the storm, focus on your purpose. Losers focus on what they're going through. Champions focus on what they're going to. Hebrews 12, where Jesus is talking about Jesus. For the joy set before him endured the cross. Jesus, going through that storm, he saw where he was going. He saw his purpose. Even though he, he was there dying on the cross. And saying, they didn't forgive them, for they do not know what they're doing. But he knew the purpose. God has used sinners. God has used failures. But God cannot use quitters. So important. So drop that anchor of purpose and say, God has called me. God has put me here. God has put us together in, in a relationship. God has given me that business. God is for me, not against me. This is a divine purpose for my life. I got purpose. You have purpose. The second anchor is courage. You Paul wrote in there. Courage up. In the storm. When God told Joshua four times in the book of Joshua, he says, be of good courage. See, we're not to whine in the middle of a storm. We're not to go to pieces. We're, we're to stand up and say, I have Jesus with me, and I can make it through the storm. You might be grieving. You might be mourning. You might be devastated. But you stand up. If God is for me, who can be against me? Amen. Courage is the ability to finish the race even if you are in last place. It was interesting. Daryl kept saying, now we don't want to be last. <laughs> but I was determined to finish. And I was determined not to be last. <laughs> Next time, I think we'll start in the beginning of the section. So, anyway. Courage is forgiving a friend who lets you down. Courage 
is loving a husband that, through a financial crisis that he caused, or loving a wife through a situation that she caused. Courage keeps on. Courage will, will not let cancer steal your smile, will not let cancer steal your joy. Courage is trying again, dreaming again, saying, I will not quit, I will keep going. Courage is not the absence of fear, it's doing it in spite of fear, which is what I said at the beginning. The third anchor is worship. See, we do not worship him for what he's done or what he's allowed us to go through. We worship him for who he is. That's so important, and we have great worship here. Worship is where the answer will come. Worship will be where the victory will come, where the breakthrough will come. Do you know, uh, through the years, we've had lots of people healed and miracles taken place and so forth, but a lot of it has taken place right during the worship. If you want to sense the presence of the living God, join in in the worship and watch as you anchor yourself into that. Do not let the enemy steal your worship. You maybe say, well, this has been a bad week, so I, I don't think I'll go to church this Sunday. No, drop the anchor of worship into your spirit. Nothing's going to stop me. The Lord gives and the Lord takes away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Can you say amen to that? And the fourth anchor is the church. This message, I thought of my childhood. We never missed church. We didn't know what it all stood for, but we never missed it. When every Sunday, if we went on vacation, well, when, we never went on vacation, but when we went to visit uh, family members someplace else, we always went to church and brought home a bulletin to show that we went to church. <laughs> it, was, it was our anchor. It was our rope. In life, you can begin to drift. It happens. We get busy. If I'm anchored, I can only drift so far. Then I feel the tug of the rope. I can only go so far in temptation before I, I feel the tug. If you're saved, the anchor will hold you back from just floating out there. Do not forsake, the Bible says, the assembling together uh, in church. Hebrews 6, 19 or 18 says, two unchangeable things, which is, and that's going through a storm, it's impossible for God to do. One, and that is lie. The one you are connected to cannot fail, cannot lie, cannot lose. In Hebrews 6, 19, it says, We have the hope as an anchor for our soul, firm and secure. It enters the inner sanctuary behind the curtain where Jesus, who went before us, has entered on our behalf. God is saying this, I have an anchor of hope. See, hope is the smallest form of faith. And when you look at it, I will say, I hope so. I, I, I do not have faith, but I hope so. See, when I take my hope and I throw it behind the veil, you know how Jesus ripped the veil? I throw it behind the veil. My faith transforms my hope 
into an anchor. And that's Jesus Christ. My anchor takes hold of my Jesus, my high priest, my provider, my healer, my deliverer. I have an anchor for my soul. And whenever it comes against me, Romans 8 says this, Nothing can separate me from the love of God. Failure can't. Mess up can't. Temptation can't. Disappointment can't. Dashed dreams can't. I'm forever attached. I may start to drift. And so say this is the anchor. And I start moving away. Moving away. And then all of a sudden the rope starts to tug. And, it, and, and I can't drift any further. The anchor of purpose. The anchor of courage. The anchor of worship. And last, the anchor of church will help keep you moving forward. When we, and this is exciting, you know, uh, they had the seven days of fasting and then we had Easter. You know, in those times you like feel so close to God, don't you? And then you're just like, wow, you start so drifting awesome. away. But you know, but you're anchored. So you can only drift so far. It's important that you tie yourself into those anchors. And a few trials come, a few battles come, a few setbacks. We might start to fear that we're way out there, but we're anchored because nothing can separate us from the love of God. Nothing can separate us from the God who knows my name. God is here today. Lord, I have hope, and I cast my hope beyond the veil. And you change my hope into an anchor that's attached to Jesus Christ. Will you stand and pray with me? Hallelujah. Praise Jesus. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you for the opportunity you've given me to pray and to speak and to share. But my heart is this, is that we become anchored solid in Jesus Christ. Storms come. Situations come. I think of the years that we've had here. We've had some storms. We've had situations that it was mighty storms. But praise God for the anchor of Jesus Christ and the power of the Holy Spirit. And so I ask today as every head is bowed and every to say, you look at your life and, and there's a lot of good things, but you've been drifting. You need to get anchored back your, to your purpose to encourage. You need to get anchored back to worship. But most of all, you need to get anchored back to the church. You'll raise your hand and say, Pastor, will you pray? I'm not going to call you out, but just raise your hand and say, Pastor, will you pray? Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Father, we thank you for the honesty of people and you saw their response, may you honor it as they 
step back in and become anchored deep into Jesus Christ and the power of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Praise a hallelujah in the presence of my enemies. I raise a hallelujah. 